Good morning. I am Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. Today, we're very pleased to have Ms. Katie Orenstein, author and founder, director of the Op-Ed Project, back on our program today. However, joining us uh, to discuss the Mentor Editor Program is Mr. Joe Loya and Daniel Grace Warren. Everyone, welcome to the program. Thank you, Darrell. Good to be here. Thank you, Darrell. Okay. Joe, if you could uh, share with us uh, your participation in this uh, Mentor Editor Program, and what is it all about? Well, um, my participation is uh, I get I get paired with um, well all of us who are in the mentor editor program. We get paired with a young writer, uh, and we give them a read through, uh, read over of their piece. We comment on it. We help them imagine where it might be published. Or in my case, that's what I try to do: think of who might be able to publish it. And then I also um, use some of my contacts, depending on what material it is, and try to direct it there. Uh, my, my relationship to the mentor editing program is that I um, was having lunch with Katie once. Uh, and this is how it started. I was having lunch with Katie, and she introduced me to this really wonderful woman named Mara. And we were talking, and she was having problems with the piece. I said, I'd love to read this piece. Why don't you send it to me when uh, when you're done with it? And I think I know somebody who might be interested in it. So uh, she sent me her piece, and I worked on it, and I helped her send it around, and she eventually got it published. And Katie was telling me that she was um, very, very um, spending a lot of time with people who were becoming very enthused through the op-ed project, and they wanted to have somebody edit their pieces and and help them talk through where they could, um, where they might get it published. And she was staying up very late, and she was saying, you know, that that she was wondering how she was going to continue to handle this as it grew. And I just recommended, why don't you do what you, why don't you tap into your friends like me? You know, this was a great experience for me. I wanted to do it, um, and it, you know, it, it was a, it was easy. And I thought Katie knows so many journalists. I'm sure there would be other people who would want to do this too, because it's just it's a great cause, and it's uh, it's our give back, it's our donation, you know. And so it ended up becoming, you know, gigantic beyond what I, I, I ever imagined, you know, with so many Pulitzer Prize winners and people on newspaper editorial boards, and you know, it's a it's a big deal now, and I'm, I feel privileged to be part of it. And um, yes, not part of it. He he's the founding mentor editor. He's he was he was the one who had the idea. So wouldn't exist without him. So we have the founding mentor editor, Joe. That is that is awesome. And Joe, how many women do you mentor personally on a given on a given year? Well, that's a good question. Um, what's what's happened with me is I end up. I end up talking to them more than the piece. I like to encourage people to be to find that writing voice that they have, and then to continue to write. And several uh, of these folks realized they wanted to write other things that weren't necessarily op-ed, but they wanted to um, to expand maybe into memoir pieces and uh, uh, just longer essays on things that didn't fit into the to, into the op-ed model. And so I've spent time helping people write. Um, because that's what I do generally as a as a writing coach and, and somebody who encourages people to find their voice in memoir. Um, I've helped. Um, I continue to help people who I've been helping for two years, two and a half years now. So and we can develop friendships with them. So it's a hard it's a hard question to answer because it just they stay in my life and I really have a rich connection with them and um, 
that's I don't I I think I might have a different relationship to people and as a mentor editor because I also do this, um, you know, um, I'm a, this is what I do for a living. So it's easy for me to make relationships, to keep relationships. So I keep getting new folks in that I work with, but continue to work with the other folks I've started with. So this year alone, maybe um, I don't know. I've worked on nine different pieces with with folks, you know, ranging from op eds to larger memoir essays and stuff. Very nice, very nice. And and for the benefit of our audience, Joe, can you share with us a little bit about your, your background, your, you know, where did you go to college and, and who you've been working with? <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I went to the school of hard knocks. I, um, in the late 80s, I, I, robbed, um, I robbed a lot of banks in Southern California, and I went to prison. And while I was in prison uh, for seven years, um, I began to... I changed my life and, and started writing my story. And my story was eventually when I got in 1996. Um, I continued writing my um, 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 writing my memoir, but I started writing op-eds for a news service called the Pacific News Service, which has become uh, New American uh, New American Media. And um, they started putting my op-eds out right away. Within three months, I had an op-ed in the uh, San Francisco Examiner. I had a longer essay in the LA Weekly three months after that. And three months after that, I had an op-ed in the LA Times, and my career took off in terms of becoming an expert talking about various crimes that were, you know, public crimes that were big in the culture um, that were that were getting a lot of press. And so I've written op-eds for pretty much every news major newspaper in the country, with the exception of the New York Times. Um, I don't know, I've written about 30 op-eds. And then I just went to writing essays, and now I'm trying to write for Hollywood and doing other writing continue to write memoir, but um, that's how I became a writer, and I found my voice in prison writing my narrative, and so to me it's powerful to know what your story is, because when I started writing my story, I, I felt like I took ownership of my story and began to see um, patterns and um, the origins of things, and I was able to change my life based on this understanding I got of my life by organizing it on the page. So... That's what I do now. I help people try and own their story on the page through memoir writing so that they can become sort of emancipated from the things that harass them to varying degrees. Mine was crime and rage and other things. And so um, I live my life as sort of an example that if you you write about things that are um, important to you and write about your life, um, you can find various emancipations in that. And I see it. When we're in the op-ed project, that's my big, my big love for this project is that's what it's doing. People are finding their voice on the page and the power of that, and it's, they're learning things about themselves. They're discovering their, um, their um, ambitions they didn't realize they had on the page. They're discovering knowledges they didn't believe that they were experts in. They're discovering influence. They're just discovering so much about themselves. It's empowering, and I love that. That's... That's what I love about this project. I've seen Katie many times uh, participated in these seminars, and it's invigorating to me. It's, it's, um, it reminds me this is, this is what it's about and, and for me. This is, this is what I believe in most passionately. So, Well, that is okay. awesome. Right. That is awesome, Joe. I mean, to uh, be able to express your thoughts and ideas in a very empowering way 
which allows you to have an outlet for maybe any frustrations that you might have. Have I, I'm sure that you you share this story. Um, you you speak in uh, in front of many groups, including prison groups. Correct. I'm on my way right now. <laughs> I'm talking to you from my car. I'm on my way right now to go speak to a group of 180 people who are in a reentry program. Wonderful. Um, they're, uh, they just got out of prison in the last, you know, several months. And I'm going to talk, tell them the story that, uh, about, about owning their story and, in, and becoming empowered through understanding these patterns and, 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 um, of, uh, and origins of things in their lives. Um, yeah, so that's what I do. Well, this, well, this is this is this is awesome. This is wonderful. And Danielle, uh, let's let's talk about your participation in the uh, mentor editor program. How long have you been involved in the program, and what have you learned, and and how are you growing? Sure. Um, I actually came uh, on to the Alpha Project, joined the the project in January, uh, two years ago, January, uh, to start the the mentor editor program specifically. So. Katie and Joe had had this idea, and we had a meeting about it, and um, with you know, Katie's approval, I sort of took the idea and, and started running with it, and really started developing this program, and right now we have 70 mentor editors. It's um, just about two years old now, and each mentor editor mentors on average one woman a month, um, spends about two hours a month per woman. Um, and we've had amazing success. We've realized that women who come through the program and then are subsequently matched with a mentor editor, it statistically doubles um, their chances of success. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's the, the rewards have been quite amazing. I think that the part that's most important for me, um, Joe talks a lot about owning your story. And, and for me, what's most important is providing women with a story access to people that know how to help them bring that story to light, um, and it's the, the sheer interest of high-level people taking interest in people that don't have access um, that really encourages them to take their own ideas seriously. And I would definitely think that that is, is a major contributor to the success of the Mentor Editor Program, is having people who are already established in their careers sort of reach out and uh, work together with the person that hasn't already published, doesn't already have a track record, but has something to say. So you're, you're behind the scenes making the engine run. Is, is that correct? That is correct. That is awesome. And uh, do you have a particular goal of taking the 75 editors to 100 or 150 for 2011? Well, we want to definitely grow, but we want to grow strategically, and we want to make sure that we only have top-level mentor editors. You know, it's, it's it's an honor to be a part of it, um, and we also want to grow with our capacity um, and whatever that capacity will allow. We would like to probably get up to 150 by the end of 2011, um, but in order to make sure that we can retain the same quality that we do now, we would have to grow um, incrementally. I'm sure you've given thought to this, but considering logistics, it might be a, a bit of a, a challenge. But it sounds like the uh, the op-ed project needs to have its own little convention. A convention? <laughs> well, Joe, Katie, what do you think about that? Duly noted. Duly noted is right. <laughs> I take because this well, is I, this is such a just, uh, please go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
true what you said, that Danielle is behind the scenes running the show, but she's not always behind the scenes. Um, she was recently, um, you know, out front because she published her first op-ed, and I was going to invite you all to ask her about that. <laughs> yes, tell us about the op-ed piece that you just uh, got published. Sure. Um, my very first op-ed got published <laughs> um, in Reuters last week. Oh, on congratulations. Thank you. Uh, sustainable Development in Haiti and Decentralization of Aid. Um, and it was, it was definitely a long, hard road. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And after two years of helping other people to work with mentor editors to publish their own pieces, uh, I finally decided that I should be publishing myself um, and should be using the same resources. We have an amazing pool of, of mentor editors, and I got feedback from, from a couple of them on what I was working on, and I finally felt like I was putting my money where my mouth was with getting people to publish when I hadn't myself published. So I definitely feel, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I would say, more authenticity in, in, in going through the process myself um, and seeing what that was like. Congratulations, that is that is awesome. But about the convention idea, I, I think it would be a, a great opportunity to have all of these folks in the same room to talk about their experiences and also to recruit new folks into it. I, I just think I just feel so strongly about uh, Katie's objective of making sure that uh, there's not a particular angle that you're working towards your voice, but you're just trying to get all the voices to be heard. I, I think that's a, a wonderful, wonderful objective. I agree. I agree. So, Joe, what is uh, the next step in regards to the op-ed project for yourself? What ideas uh, have you and Katie discussed that maybe you guys haven't uh, put forward yet, <laughs> but, but, but you think that's going to be uh, inspiring for 2011? Well, I just came up with this great idea for a conference. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I. You know what? I. I don't know that we have any like secret plans that we're we're hatching that you know that have to that are coming to fruition. But you know, I'm going to continue to do what I do, which um, Katie's a dear friend of mine, and I'll do what I can to help with the project. Um, and I'm a believer in it. I'm also on the advisory board, and um, I just um, will continue to listen to Katie's idea, give my advice, and participate when I can. And um, I mean, this I can't I can't say enough that <clears throat> this is what I'm about. This is how I live my life. I have a four-year-old daughter. I'm trying to empower her voice. I have friends. I'm constantly trying to empower their voice. Professionally, I'm trying to help empower everybody's voice, and and mostly on the page, but not necessarily. So this is totally in keeping with my life ethic, and I will be involved with this um, as as long as I can because. Katie's dear to me, and this project is a spectacular project. Excellent. So Excellent. I, I just want to ditto everything that Joe said, but just insert Joe's name where <laughs> <laughs> he said mine. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see Katie and Joe and Danielle on um, uh, what's, the, what's the program I watch on on Sunday, the uh, NBC. Uh, uh, meet the press because I I, I think it, it's it's great getting perspectives from the realm of people that we have in this great country of ours and too often times it's often the guy with the the biggest microphone that 
folks listen to all the time. But we need to get the microphone in the in the corners of the of the uh, the United States where maybe folks aren't so eloquent, but they have something to say, and we need to hear them because it is so important that we start to move this country forward with the diversity of greatness that we have. Agree. Agreed. So, uh, Katie, if I may, I, I'd like to just ask a question about your book, if I may. Little Red Riding Hood Uncloaked Sex, Morality, and Evolution of a Fairy Tale. I mean, that is a, a, a significant title. And I, 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 I haven't read the book, I have to be honest with you, but I do plan to. But I'd like to understand what is the book about and what prompted you to write the book? You know, um, it is, Daryl, it's about the same things that we've been talking about. It is about how the voices that we hear from shape the stories that we, we, we hear. And, I, and when I say stories, I don't just mean fairy tales. I mean, what are the stories that we hear on the news? What are the stories that we hear in science? What do we think about the world? What do we think is important and why and what should we do about it? And um, to me, you know, the, the difference between what we might think one day and what we might think another, or what goes down in history and what doesn't, has a lot more to do with who tells the story than with what is fact or what is fiction. Usually that's the salient, the, the, the most influential factor, who tells the story. And I think that's what we've been talking about today, all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe, uh, when is your book coming out? Um, well, the first memoir, The Man Who Grew His Prison Cell, was published in 2004, and I haven't sold the second book. Um, I haven't finished writing it, and it's called Own Your Story, and um, it's still going to be memoir. It's going to be memoir essays on the concept of Own Your Story, but um, and how exactly I did it with mine. But uh, I imagine hopefully it'll be on 2012, maybe 2011 as electronic, but we don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, there'll be an all medium. It might be a graphic novel next. I don't know. We'll see. That's right. That's right. That's right. And Danielle, your experience of running this program, uh, you're a very dynamic young woman. And I think there are, there are other folks, other young women and young men who would benefit from your experience as well. Have you considered to uh, write a book? I have considered it. I'm actually a poet by training. Okay. Um, so that's been uh, long coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but Right now, I'm, I'm focusing on helping other people increase their voices, and I think the book will come later. And, and Danielle, tell us a little bit about your background uh, in regards to education and, and experience beyond the Op-Ed Project. Oh, um, well, I'm actually uh, a high school dropout. Um, I <laughs> dropped out of high school when I was 16 and started going to a community college at night, um, working full-time, and then worked my way through... Uh, an associate's degree, an undergraduate degree, and uh, a master's degree, and uh, finished uh, just about a year and a half ago. Congratulations. um, (laughs) And thank you. Uh, Eleven years. And uh, began working for the Op-Ed Project. I also have been teaching. uh, I teach at Hunter College here in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, Creative writing and um, literature and composition classes to undergraduates. And I have been doing sustainable development work in Haiti and Ghana. Wow. Danielle is a serial entrepreneur. 
<laughs> well, you know, th there's a thread here that I think is, is such a great thread that I'm seeing with the op-ed project, Katie, with the people that you work with and people that, um, that you bring to this project. And it's all about allowing people to have an opportunity, have a chance to have their voice, regardless of, of how they might have got started. It's, it's, how, it's what they're doing now and how they're finishing. And I have to say that, Joe, I am so impressed with, with your story and hearing about um, how you found your voice and used your voice so effectively. And, Danielle, I'm, I, I'm equally as floored to hear how you've talked your way through your, your program of, of uh, being a high school dropout but getting your, uh, your associates, your undergraduate, and then your master's. This is phenomenal. This is a story that all Americans need to hear simply because we have a lot of folks who, for whatever reason, haven't found their voice and haven't found the right step for them. But hearing your stories, they know that, yes, it, you can make it, you can be a success, and you can create a great career for yourself. And I also want to say, and because and, you, 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 recognize, you recognize that accurately, but also this project is about changing your story through language as well, because people have an impression of themselves that um, is restricted and confined because of the language they use to describe themselves or the conversation they have about who they are. Katie gets in there with her seminar, and she opens up people's um, ideas of their expertise and, and, and encourages and inspires them to adopt a new voice in the public realm. And what that does is that changes right, quite naturally the trajectory of their story. And Danielle and I are, are people who change the trajectory of our story with language um, and, and, and educate, educating ourselves and using language innovatively about who we are. So she can call herself a high school dropout, but she can also call herself a person who got a master's degree. Most people, when they hear the word high school dropout, they use it to describe themselves. It's not empowering. It's actually debilitating. And it's a, it's a stigma. And for us, we don't, and, and even ex-con or ex-criminal or ex-felon, whatever, that's the same thing. It could be debilitating, but I don't use it in a debilitating way. I've innovated and used it as a way of recognizing it's my bravery to change my life. It turned me into an ex-felon, and now I can move forward with my narrative and participate in the public realm with language. And that's why I was very quickly able to come out of prison and, and start writing op-eds. So this isn't just about... Um, let's get you an op-ed. This is even more transformational, and it's let's give you language that changes the way you think about yourself so that you can alter the trajectory of your own story. You never thought you were a writer? Well, guess what? You're a writer. You've always thought you were restricted to being only an engineer. You thought you were restricted to being only a mother. You thought you were restricted to these labels. But what this does is it opens up people's imaginations about themselves and changes quite, quite necessarily their story their own life story. I think that's, that's again, another aspect of this that's really empowering with the Op-Ed Project. Well, Joe, you know, you just gave me chills. You just gave <laughs> me chills because, you know, I, you know what I've been saying, I, I want to write about different thoughts and ideas I have about what's going on in our country or what's going on in science, technical, medical publishing. And I tell you, I am going to join the Op-Ed Project because I want my voice to be heard as well. You know, this is this is phenomenal, Joe. This is really, really phenomenal. And I think that when you show someone through words, through writing, that they can empower themselves, they can express themselves 
all of a sudden, you, you're right, they do. They transform themselves to a higher place because they're thinking at a whole different level in regards to how they view themselves and how they view the environment and how they view their country. And so I, I, can't, I can't wait to go to the website to find out when Katie is speaking next in New York because I'm going to be there. Go for it. Go for it. Sure, Sarah, the, next, the next one in New York is February 2 and 3, but um, it's actually led by, I'll be there, but it will be led by Catherine Lampert, one of our great seminar leaders. Okay. And uh, we'll be sure to, uh, I'll, I'll promote uh, what's going on with the Op-Ed Project through my Facebook and Twitter and uh, LinkedIn accounts. I, I have a few people following me, so uh, I, I yeah. think that um, folks know that uh, I'm on the board of the Women's Ventures Fund, by the way. And uh, I'm, I'm all about advocating uh, for folks to lift themselves up and to, and to do extraordinary things. And so, Joe, if you may share with us, who are you going to, you say you're addressing a group today, um, folks who are, are going to be uh, coming into the, the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and, and what is your message to them? Well, my message is very simple. Um, I go here to a place... This morning, it's actually a place called Amity, the Amity House here in Los Angeles. And, um, and I'm going to talk, like I said, a, a, almost a, a, couple, a couple hundred people. And I'm going to tell them we can change. And I'm going to, through my story, tell them how I, I changed, how my, I, I sort of devolved into life of crime, how a good kid went bad. And, I, and, and the entire time, the message is, we can, you can change somebody who's good, and you can do enough things and put enough pressure on their poise so they act against their conscience. And I talk about this transformation that occurred from a little boy who wanted to love Jesus and be a minister, how I eventually ended up robbing banks, treating people horribly and acting against my conscience. And, the, and, and I also start, begin to show them how you can change and how I started changing back finding myself and being living being closer to who I wanted who I felt I, I was in the beginning uh, as a little boy and finding my innocence again and so um, I continue to say we can change we can change for the good but we can change or we can change for the bad or we can change for the good and the story then is not um, the story changes from being my descent into crime to my ascent uh, in, in, uh, um, uh, into freedom you know how do I, I emancipated myself from the things that harass me the most in my imagination, which were primarily rage, you know. And so um, it's that story. It's a story of we can change. We can. It's not the yes, 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 we can thing, but it kind of is. It's we can change, and here's how it happened in the story. Here's how pressure on my poise changed me for the bad, and here's how my imagination was altered, and I changed my story for the good. So, but it also but sounds like story. You, you, they love the story. It's, it has a lot of dramatic, dramatic uh, points in it. So. But it also sounds like you, you give them a roadmap as well. Yeah, it's a roadmap, exactly. You know, Darrell, I just I wanted to just, Katie, I wanted to just jump in. I wanted to say, you know, Joe's, Joe's personal life story is incredibly inspirational. And it's inspirational because, not, not just because he's accomplished all these things, but because he's gone through all of these incredibly difficult um, places and then accomplished all these things. And therefore, people who listen to him people who are in difficult places themselves can imagine a new possibility. But the thing is that none of that would be possible if Joe were not able to tell a really good story about it. You know, and by story, I mean fiction. I just mean that stories are how we understand our, our universe, our world. 
how do we make sense of all the things, the seemingly random things that happen all around us and to us and through us. And so the, the ability to tell that story is what makes all of those things that Joe has done or experienced empowering to other people. And actually, I would say the same thing about Danielle. I, I, Danielle, I don't know if you would say that about yourself, but I would. Well, thank you, Katie. Thanks, Jen. Well, this is, this, is, this is awesome. Unfortunately, we are out of time, and uh, we are here with Katie Orenstein, the author and founder and director of the Op-Ed Project, along with Addition, our other guest, Joe Loya, who, Joe, I'm going to have you on the program because we got to talk about your story. I, I think it's a phenomenal story, and uh, it's something that we want to share with our, our audience. Uh, and Danielle Grace Warren, who is with the Op-Ed Project, who is really uh, in, the, in the background organizing the relationships with the 75 mentor editors. And this is such an, an awesome project. And again, uh, I, I urge everyone to go to the website. And the website is, uh, Katie? I want to make sure we w- get the right one. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's www.theopedproject.org. No hyphens, no periods, just theopedproject.org. Okay. And uh, we're going to be sure to uh, promote your events uh, on the uh, Gunther Media Group uh, website, which will be up in uh, December. But I want to thank our guests for a very, very inspirational and very informative session on the Op-Ed Project. Katie, Joe, and Danielle, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Wonderful talking with you. Okay. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM at Seton Hall University and for my friends around the globe streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend. Well, that was great, folks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Darrell. Thank you, Darrell. Thanks, Darrell. And I'll...